0: So why don't you come with me as we look at the, uh, the resurrection in just a few moments together to so the Gospel of Luke, the book of Luke, chapter 19. I just kind of want to give you a context in verse 10. The, the scripture should come up on the screen. Luke 19, verse 10 says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which is lost. Now, normally when we preach, I'll, we preach a three-point uh, three sermon. Today I'm only going to preach two. I'm going to preach rescue and I'm going to preach resurrection. Jesus said, the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. Everyone say rescue. What Easter is about is about a rescue mission that heaven undertook. The Bible says in the book of Genesis that when Adam and Eve sinned, the first thing that happened was that God came down looking for Adam, that God came down looking for man. Many people, many scoffers will try and tell you that, Religion is, you know, man's attempt to get to God and that uh, man has created God in man's image. But that's not what the Bible says and that's not what history teaches us. Uh, The Bible and history both show us that man is hopelessly religious and that man actually uh, is self-centered. Man man actually has has a hard time yielding himself, you know thousands of years of history, we want to be God. We don't want to be accountable to anybody. We don't want to be, we want to shape gods in our own image, but, but not the, the one God of the Bible who says, I want, don't want you to have any idols. I don't want you to have any other gods before me. Here are my commandments. I want you to live by them. We don't want that God. We don't want his commandments. We want to make our own gods out of silver and gold that kind of do our thing and do, do our bidding and uh, that, you know, that don't require anything from us. And it was God that came down, and the first question that God asked fallen man, the first question that God asked man is, Adam, where are you? Now, he said this not because, you know, God God couldn't, Adam, he, he wasn't asking because God didn't know where Adam was. God knew exactly where Adam was. God was asking Adam, Adam, where are you, to ask Adam, do you know where you are? Adam, where are you? Do you realize how far you've slipped? Do you realize the path that you're on? Do you realize the direction your life has turned? Can I just tell you that the most important words for Adam to hear, and I believe the most important words that we need to hear at some point in our life, is where are you? Where are you? Which direction are you heading? Which path are you on? You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 23, verse 7, it says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is the man. Our heart leads us down all kinds of paths. Our hearts make, make all kinds of assumptions and lead us into all kinds of pursuits and all kinds of directions. But every now and again, we've got to actually come into contact or into encounter with the truth and actually ask ourselves, where are we? What is your present location? What is your present pursuit? Right, right right now, where, where is true north in your life? What pathway are you on? What highway are you heading down? What goals have you got in front of you? What decisions are you making in your heart? Are you making decisions? You know what, I'm, I'm actually done with, with this spouse. I'm done with working in on this marriage. I'm thinking I might just, you know, get with somebody else. I might just, you know, I'm done with, you know, paying my taxes. I, I'm, I'm going to start... There's all kinds of decisions that can come into our life. And one of the most powerful things that we need to allow God to ask us is, where are you? Where are you? Where are you at right now? God comes down. He says, Adam, where are you? It wasn't that God didn't know where Adam was. It was that Adam didn't know where Adam was. So easy to get through life and look back and think, my God, I just spent the last 10 years, the last 20 years, the last 30 years of my life, you know, pushing a stone up a hill only to have it roll back down on top of me. God asks Adam, where are you? Adam was lost. Adam was separated. Adam had, had reached out and, and taken the forbidden fruit. And, uh, and now Adam is lost in sin. And Jesus is, comes into the earth. He is sent into the earth to come and redeem that which is lost. He comes to seek and to save that which is lost. Some of my favorite movies are Seek and Save movies. I, I remember a few years ago, Mel Gibson was in the movie called Ransom. How many people remember that one? I love the movie because you know he's he's a wealthy guy and he's worked really hard and and then you know somebody decides they're gonna you know shortcut the whole process and they're gonna kidnap his son and ask for a ransom and, and so he's working with the FBI and you know he drives to, to the destination point but the guy changes the destination point and so then Mel Gibson decides he's gonna change the plan rather than give the guy money he goes on the news and says this is the money the ransom guy wanted I can't remember what it was ten million dollars or whatever. He says instead I'm gonna make it a bounty on his head. Anybody who catches this guy that you know kidnapped my son and uh, the kind of the movie takes on this whole, you know, new uh, new element. And then you know, Mel Gibson's going after his son a few years ago. Uh, the movie Taken came out, and it was a really powerful movie because all of a sudden, under main stage awareness, had come the the the, the great plight of the twenty first century, which is human trafficking. We really thought that we'd abolish slavery, but there's this there's, there's something like. Uh, 30 million uh, young ladies and even young men around the world who were held against their their will, who were trapped in the sex trade industry against their will, who are human slaves today. And, uh, And so this movie came out based on that. It was starring Liam Neeson, where his daughter was 15, going to Paris with a friend, just happened to share a cab with a guy who overheard their conversation that they were there alone. Uh, he contacted some Albanian contacts and then they, were, they kidnapped these girls. And she had the time just to make a quick half phone call and, and Liam Neeson tracks them down. And, and I, I love the scene where he's talking to this guy. And this guy is arrogant saying, you know, they can kind of hide these people. And uh, you know, Liam Neeson says, I don't have a lot of money, but what I do have is a fine set of skills. And I will find you.
1: And you're just like, oh, yes,
0: come on. And, uh, and he just goes in there and takes them apart. Praise God! I like, I like, I like those movies. Anyway, you may not have noticed that, but, uh, but you know, I honestly believe that, that was exactly God's heart. God's heart came down to seek and to save that which is lost. You and I, whether we like to admit it or not, were lost. And on August fifth, two thousand and ten, there was a, a great tragedy in Chile where a mine collapsed and thirty-three miners were trapped inside. After seventeen days, even the the government, even the 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 chilean uh residents had basically given up that these guys were dead until uh they they got reports that no these people were not dead that they were still alive almost 10 weeks passed 69 days passed when the miners come out of the mine they were under underground for 10 weeks and it was just a miracle. Many of them were converted. Many of them were already believers. And, and their faith encouraged others. And, you know, they had Bibles that were passed down through this, this tiny little shoot. And, and uh, soccer videos and, and everything so they could kind of keep up. But it was just an extraordinary miracle. But it was a, one of the most powerful things that happened to the nation of Chile. And it made world news, headlines the world over. And it was a story of great hope. And it was a search and rescue story. Searching for these men. Finding a way to get these men you know, out of there, and uh, they named the, the, the vehicle that they got to finally go in there to pull them out. They called it the phoenix, and uh, the phoenix is a, is a mythological bird who uh, basically is an eternal bird that rises from the ashes to live again, and, uh, and the phoenix has been kind of seen as symbolic of Jesus Christ, who is eternal, who rose again from the ashes of death and is a resurrection god. And uh, you need to understand that Jesus came to seek and save that which is lost. And you and I were lost. We were lost in our sin. I had no idea. I grew up in a home where my father was an atheist. I grew up in a home where I had no idea that there was even a such thing as God. But when I encountered God, when, when I was on a beach through uh, just kind of pursuing, trying to do well in surfing and, and trying to, you know, just uh, get sponsorship so I could be cool, I had no idea that God had selected that weekend to step into my life and save my life and it wasn't until he stepped into my life that i realized how much i needed him and jesus came to seek and save them which is lost the first thing that that does is it ascribes incredible value over your life one of the great tragedies i believe of uh, the teaching of evolution is that we brainwash a generation to tell them that you're no better than a beast you're no better than an animal in fact really all that you are is just a an advanced animal, a glorified animal. And then we wonder, we look at our our newspaper headlines and we watch the news and we almost wonder with bewilderment that people are raping and people are killing and people are pillaging and people are stealing and we wonder why people behave like animals. Well, we've been teaching them for years that they're animals, that why do we wonder that they behave like animals? We wonder why we have a generation so messed up and so jacked up on, on drugs and uh, all kinds of you know, sensual pursuits and debauched living. We wonder why. Well, we've told them they came from nothing. They're going nowhere, and there's no purpose for them to be here. We've taught them that. But you know what? The gospel paints a very, very different picture. The gospel paints a picture that God so loved the world. That he, that he sent his only son into the world on a search and rescue mission. The ransom in the Mel Gibson movie may have been $10 million for his son, but the ransom for your life was worth more than $10 million. The ransom for your life was worth more than a billion dollars. In fact, Jesus said, what would it profit a man if he was to gain the entire world and yet lose his soul? God didn't even tra- trade the world for your soul. God had to trade His only begotten Son. It's like you and I were, were, were locked up in the devil's shop. Because of sin, we become slaves of sin, and we belong to the devil. And God said to the devil, what's it going to cost me? What will it cost me to buy mankind back, to redeem mankind? It was like the devil said to God, there's no price except your death. You die They live. It's how arrogant he was. Literally in the spirit, this is the transaction that, that, that went on. If you die, they can live. Either way, the devil thought he's going to be able to rule and reign in the universe. But how many people know that God is smarter than the devil? And it's interesting because God is looking and he comes across and he says, well, what about this person here? This person's a... This person's a, a, a wealthy person, same price, your death. W- what about this person here? This person is homeless. This person lives on the street. They're an alcoholic. They're, 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 they're dying. They've got, their liver is ruined. They're, they've only got a few, same price. Same price for the king. Same price for the poor. Same price for the prince. Same price for the prostitute. One price, death of God. And God says, I'll take it. And he comes from heaven and he dies on the cross. Jesus even said to his disciples, that they wanted to prevent, they wanted to try and stop what was taking place. And Jesus said to Peter, Peter, put your sword away. Put your sword away. Do you not think that at one moment, I could ask God to send 10 legions of angels and for this purpose, I've come forth. He goes. I came to hang on a cross. I came to redeem mankind. I came on a search and rescue mission. But you know what? I believe that even the the greater part of the search and rescue mission is not just that He saved us so we could go to heaven, but He saved us to reinstate our value. We grow up in a world where our value so often is based on all the wrong things. Our value is based on our possession. Our value is based on our skin color. Our value is based on our culture. Our value is based on our background. Our value is based on our upbringing. Our value is based on our economic status. Our value is is based on the stuff that we have, the material possessions, the job that we have. Our value is based on all the wrong things. Our value is based on, on does somebody love us? Am I single? Am I divorced? Am I loved? We base our values on all the wrong things. God was making a permanent statement when He hung on the cross. You are so highly valued. You are so priceless that I wouldn't send an angel and I wouldn't even trade the earth for you. I came and I died on the cross because I'd rather die on a cross than live eternity without you in relationship with me. He came to reinstate your value. Do you know the great tragedy that I discovered growing up is that girls marry or girls date their self-esteem. I saw the most beautiful girls date the most biggest dropkick loser guys. I couldn't figure out why they were together until I realized you get around these, these young ladies, they had no self-esteem and girls will date their self-esteem. And then as I began to look deeper, I began to find that you and I actually do exactly the same thing with life. We, 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 we take a hold of life based on our self-esteem based on well you know what this is i'm, I'm always just going to work for somebody i'm never going I, i'm not good and, and 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 we have this distortion god came to fix that distortion he came to bring resurrection life he came to rescue but he also came to resurrect he wants to resurrect hope he wants to resurrect dreams he wants to resurrect your value he wants to resurrect self-worth he wants to resurrect things that have been dashed. He wants to resurrect things that you gave up because you tried and you failed and you tried and you failed and you tried and you failed. And, and you think, well, what's the point? You know what? I thought I was here in life, but you know what? I've realized through my failures. I'm just here. He's a resurrection God. He wants to come and resurrect your hope. He wants to resurrect your future. He wants to resurrect relationships, marriage, dreams. He's a God of resurrection. And He is for you today. Can I just tell you that God so loved you so loved you that he came on a search and rescue mission and the search and rescue mission wasn't one where he came with guns blazing it was a search and rescue mission where he came to to pay a price and there's a really wonderful saying that says that jesus came to pay a ransom he didn't owe because we owed a ransom we couldn't pay and he came and he hung on a cross and he willingly gave his life for him to save you and I, it was essential that He gave His life. Our Navy SEALs, if necessary, they lay down their lives for the mission. But this wasn't an if necessary. It was, this is essential. You have to die. You have to die in their place. The righteous, the perfect, has to die in place of the imperfect and the sinner. And Jesus came and hung on a cross. So many people struggle with the concept of trusting God with their life. I can't see God. He's unseen. He's unseen. How do I know I can trust Him? Friend, look at the cross. You can trust Him. He didn't come to take from you. He came to give to you everlasting life. In fact, I tell a lie. He did come to take from you. He came to take sin. He came to take death. He came to take suffering. He came to take separation. He came to take isolation. He came to take all the negative things that would hold you down. That's the only thing He wants to take from you. Jesus came into the world not to force you and I to be his his slaves or his servants Jesus came into the world to empower you and I to become sons and daughters of you